1: or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word.
0: The title of my message is this, You Weren't Born Just to be Saved. You were not born just to be saved. And I want to discuss that fact, or really not the fact, because facts can change. I want to discuss that truth tonight, realizing that you were born for more than just to be saved. Do I hear an amen? Amen. Come on, God didn't just save you to save you. As important as that is, you had to have that salvation experience. We preach and teach, believe from the word of God. Life doesn't start till you're in relationship with God. You can think you're living, it's not life. Only Jesus is the source of life. So as important as that is that he saved you, he didn't just save you to save you. God didn't just empower you just to power you. You and I were born, yes, to be saved, but we were born to live with great purpose. So God didn't just save me to be saved so I can just sit and do nothing. I'm safe. Well, good. What about everyone else? Do you notice that? God saved me with a purpose and a mandate that now I need to go out and I need to tell other people and I need to bring the truth to other people. God put a purpose within each one of our lives to serve and to be everything that God wants us to be. Now, here's the problem. Here's where we live. We don't live many times in that purpose. Because here's where most of us live. Most of us live with this thought. If we haven't said it, we've at least thought it. We live like this. There's got to be more to life. There's got to be more than this. Come on, you've all probably said it. Maybe you're there right now. Maybe you're thinking it right now. Man, he just nailed it. He read my email. He read my Facebook. That's right where I'm at right now. I'm grumbling. I'm complaining. Come and you said it in your job. How many of you said there's got to be a better job than this out there? Come on, this cannot be what God has destined for my life. I mean, God help me. Is this? You've said it in your finances. Come on, there has to be more. I'm tired of living paycheck to paycheck. I'm tired of never having enough. I, wow, I wish I had a witness in the house today. What about in our families? We've said it, haven't we? There's got to be more to this. What about in our marriages? We've perhaps said that too. There's got to be more. I thought marriage was going to be different to this. Perhaps for you it's the lack of family and the lack of marriage that you're saying, I thought there was more than this. I'm lonely, I'm alone. Where is that help? Come on, there's got to be more than this. Maybe in your health today, maybe you've been sick for a while and you've got to that place where you're tired of it and you say, come on, I wasn't made for this, there's got to be more than this. Come on, I want to speak to you tonight. I want to help you tonight. Maybe it's in your fitness. Maybe it's in your future. Just the dreams and everything that you've got. You're asking yourself, what's the deal, God? There's got to be more than this. And I want to tell you, there is. There is. God has a promise for your life. And God has a purpose for your life. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. And we're going to talk about on Sunday. Because this is not what we signed up for. Emptiness is not what we signed up for. Disillusionment is not what we signed up for. Feeling sick and tired, that's not what we signed up for. We signed up for the life of abundance that God promises that He wants to make available to each one of us. And we're going to discover that that is fully available For each one of our lives. You know our desire? You know my desire as the pastor, as this church, as leaders in this church, our desire is to turn people onto the truth that God has more. That God is more. And that the reality of our lives must change in order to see that produced in our life. You see, we can't live like hell and expect the blessings of heaven. Come on, I'm preaching a lot better than you're responding tonight. It doesn't happen. And you can be turned around and say there's got to be more. But it's time that you start living with the realization that there is more. But you start living in obedience to the fact that you need to be more. Because you and I need to be more. If there's more, we've got to be more. And we've got to allow God to use us because God cannot bless disobedience. We were all saved by grace. Read it for yourself. Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9. For by grace you saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Lest any of us take credit, boast, say, look at me. Woohoo! No, it was only by grace. So we were saved by grace. Are you there? Yeah. We're kept by grace. Are you there? Yeah. We're saved and kept by grace. But guess what? We require obedience to move forward into the purpose that God has for our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Too many Christians are living by grace but they're not walking in obedience. So therefore, they're stuck in grace. Thank God for grace. But God, what? Gave us grace for what reason? That we can now live with purpose, that we can now live in obedience and be obedient to God, living in everything that God has for your life. So tonight, I want to give you a taste of what God has for your life. And I'm talking to you tonight. Don't shut off and say, oh, here we go again. It's okay for them because they've got everything in order, they've got everything, man, I'm struggling and and this is not going to be a message for me. I'm talking to you tonight. I want you to hear what God has in store for your life. I want to remind you that your life is not defined by what you did wrong, but what Jesus did right. And if you missed that, that's on my Facebook post on Sunday, so just keep following me and you'll see that. Okay, but your life is not defined by what you did wrong. Your life is defined by what Jesus did right. And He did it right once and for all as He hung upon a cross and He died. He fulfilled His purpose so you and I could walk in ours. And we need to walk in obedience to the purpose and the plan that God has for our life. So the picture or the image of our life is greater than you. The potential that God has for you is greater than you but it requires all of you. Aren't you glad that God can do more with your life than the limitations that you have? We can look at our lives and say, how could God use me? I have no education. But God is greater than education. How can God use me? Because I'm not physically strong. I'm not able. I can't speak. God used Moses who couldn't speak. He stuttered when he spoke. He said, can you send Aaron with me? Because I can't speak properly. God doesn't make a mistake in who He chooses. And we can say that so many times in our life, but look, God, look at the image of my life. It's not what I need to be. You've got to realize the potential and what God sees in you is greater than your limitations. It's greater than what you see because it requires all of you. You see, many people don't walk into the fullness of God because they only give Him the leftovers of their lives. And they don't fully trust God with everything. They allow their limitations to depict and determine their life and how far it's going to go. If you would have told me when I was a boy that I would be doing what I was doing now, I would have said, I hope so, but I don't know if I could have seen myself right here, right now. Why? Because there was limitations. I was a kid. But now seeing what God has done in my life and what's available for our lives, I want you to see the same thing. What God has for your life is bigger than you. But it requires all of you being plugged in and saying, God, I'm all in. Would you use me? Would you be what you want me to be? Turn to Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2 through 3. If you haven't realized, I haven't preached for a week and a half. I'm ready to preach tonight. So Isaiah 54, 2 through 3 says this words, and I especially love this passage because I was reminded when I turned to it in my Bible again today that this was a passage that was given to our church seven years ago. This was a word that was spoken to our church and I wrote it down in our, my Bible. Isaiah 54 verse 2 and 3 says this, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains Of your dwelling. You see, in the economy and in the state and in the time we are right now, everyone is downsizing, everyone is pulling back, everyone is economizing, everyone is being careful. But that's not what God wants us to do. I believe the word of God in these times, in these days, is for us to enlarge, is for us to stretch, is for us to get a bigger vision, for us to go deeper and further and greater and believe for bigger things in God. He says, "...enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes." For you shall expand to the right, you shall expand to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations, and you will make the desolate cities inhabited. I like that. The Message Bible says, Clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large, spread out, think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room. Come on, start swinging those elbows right now. You're going to need lots of elbow rooms for your growing family. It's nothing worse than trying to eat and not having room to move. Amen? Sitting there. I'm a lefty, so a lot of times you're on the wrong side of everyone when they're eating. When you're a lefty, you're always hitting other people and you're getting in the way. Or they're getting in the way. God's people are left-handed people. Amen? Amen? And um, so, so, but you know, you like plenty of room. Come on, spread out just a little bit. Get that elbow room. I think what a beautiful picture. God's saying, just get some elbow room. Get ready to move. Get ready to do. Get ready to be. And what a great picture. Not of restriction, but expansion what God has not of death there's no death in here it's life it's joy lengthen strengthen do be expand get ready what a hope what a future and I believe that's for you for your family for your health I believe this is a word in season for you tonight just as an encouragement to tell you come on it's not the end it's just the beginning the greatest days are still ahead come on your happiest moments are still ahead of you the greatest things come on Rena the best books that you would ever write are still inside of you. Come on, things that God wants to do. Come on, we're not a has-been. Come on, we're going to be moving on in God. And say with me these words, enlarge, Enlarge. stretch, Stretch. lengthen, and strengthen. Remember those because we're going to come back to them a few times. Come on, enlarge, Enlarge. stretch, lengthen, lengthen, and strengthen. You know what the Word of God is really telling us here? The Word of God is telling us this. Are you ready for a change? Are you ready for a change? I'm tired. There's got to be more. Come on. You've got to realize you were born not just to be saved. You were born for so much more that's bigger than you. I want you to see this today. It's bigger than you. But God needs you. And He needs to use you. But you've got to get ready for a change. Your life does not have to remain the same. Because it's not a question whether there is more. Because there is more. I said there is more. Well, what is there? There is more for your life. Don't question that anymore. That's a statement. Yes, there is more, God. And I'm going to step into it and I'm going to see it. Come on, I'm going to enlarge. I'm going to stretch. I'm going to lengthen. I'm going to strengthen. I'm going to get ready for the change. But do you know that everything... In your life is contingent upon you. Think about that. That word contingent means liable to happen or not. Everything in your life is liable to either happen or not, dependent upon you. Your response, what you do, what you say, where you're at. Come on, it's on your response. How far, how high, how deep, how wide your life goes is determined upon you. Now, don't shout me down. Because we all know that God is involved in that change too. Come on, we know that. But God cannot work with that which is not given to Him. God cannot work with that which is not surrendered. If we will something, that wills against God. But as we surrender and open up our lives and say, Okay, God, what does it say in Philippians 4 verse 13? You should all know this scripture. What does it say? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We love that. But you know what the problem is? The problem is not him handling his part. The problem is the first two words. I can. Because our involvement is in that too. And that's where the problem lies. I can. Because I can do. Come on. I can trust. I can serve. I can live. Are you getting the picture? I can do those things. But you know what? I can also not do. Come on. I can choose not to serve. I cannot serve. Come on. I cannot trust. I cannot live. Do you see how it's contingent upon us? God says, I'll do and I'm able to do and you can do anything. And what God was meaning there, everything that he made you to do is fully possible through him. But he requires you to be involved in that. But you see, I can choose not to. And I can choose to cancel myself out of the equation. Stop limiting your life from greatness. Look at your neighbor and say, stop it come on, stop it. Come on, say it English. Stop it. stop it. There you go. The glory of God just fell in this place right then. I heard it. Stop it. Stop it. You're limiting the greatness that God spoke into your life. So if we're going to what? Enlarge, stretch, lengthen, and strengthen, come on, help me out. If we're going to enlarge, stretch, lengthen, and strengthen, we're going to look at some key points tonight, how we're going to do that. Are you ready? Point number one. only got 32 points, so we're not going to take long. There's only four tonight. Are you ready? Point number one. You've got to understand the process of sowing and reaping. If you're going to see enlargement, you're going to see stretch, lengthen, and strengthen. If you're going to see your life Fulfill the potential that God has for you, that you're going to realize that you weren't just born to be saved, that you were born with a purpose, a purpose that's bigger than you, but requires you, all of you. You've got to understand this point, and that is this. There is a process of sowing and reaping. Galatians 6, verse 7 through 9 says these words, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. You can't fool God. Come on, I said you can't fool God you cannot fool God. Even if you're deceived, you cannot fool God. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. And you know what happens? One seed is sown, but guess what happens in return? Multiple fruits. So we've got to watch for every seed that's sown. It's not just one result that comes back for every seed that's sown. Come on, multiple things return. So whatever we sow... That is what we're going to reap back. Notice what it says. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. Let me ask you a question. What do you think that means? Come on, what do you think it means to sow to the flesh? Anyone tonight? Come on, shout it out. What do you think it means to sow to the flesh? Denise? Earthly pleasures? pleasures? Good. Anyone else? Anyone? Anyone? Don't be embarrassed. But isn't it the flesh? If we're so into our, our, our desires, we're so into pride, we're so into arrogance, selfishness, we're so into all the things that are the wrong reality. What do we reap? We reap those same things. New Living Translation says, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful desire will harvest the consequence of decay and death. But read on, verse 8, what it saying? But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Come on, what do you think it means to sow to the Spirit? Pray. To pray. To live, Spirit. to live through the Holy Spirit, allowing to work in your life. To live for Jesus. Anyone else? To serve Him. To live a life of service. All these things are what? They are seeds of the Spirit. That are going to reap what? They're going to reap fruit. They're going to reap everlasting life. Verse 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap. I love that. We shall reap if we do not lose heart. Come on, you can't get tired. You can't get discouraged. You've got to refuse to give up. Why? Because God promises more. Pastor, there has to be more. You're right. There is more. And God says, sow into that. Begin to reap the harvest of that which you believe. Don't sow to the flesh because you're going to be disappointed. But sow to the Spirit, sow to God, sow in grand that's bigger than what you think it is, but you'll reap a harvest of blessing that God can pour back into your life. But look what it says, the first few words of verse 7. If you could go back, Trey, that would be great. It says this Do not be deceived. Who's that talking to? It's talking to us. Come on, it's talking to you, it's talking to me, it's talking to us. And you and I have got to understand this. You've got to see this. You are only going to reap what you sow. Don't be deceived and think in any other way. Don't think you're the exception to the rule because I hate to tell you this, you're not. You are going to reap. Don't be deceived. Oh, that's not true because I know I love God and I paid my tithes, so therefore God's going to bless me. God will only bless the seed that you sow. If you're sowing in the flesh, you're going to reap of the flesh. Come on, if you're on that phone gossiping to everyone else, you're going to reap the rewards of that. Come on, if you're on your knees praying before God, you're going to reap the rewards of that. If you're so into the flesh and sow into the spirit, don't think you're bigger than that. Don't think you're better than that, because we all come under this same guideline. This is a principle of life. God says as long as there's life, there's going to be seed time and there's going to be harvest. In other words, there's going to be seed and there's going to be reaping. There's going to be sowing and there's going to be a harvest that's going to come back. You've got to understand this. Let me put it another way. You're going to receive what you give. You're going to receive what you give. You will enlarge, stretch, lengthen and strengthen only to the capacity to which you sow. If you want to enlarge your life, you're not going to enlarge through sowing seeds of the flesh. It's not going to happen. If you want to strengthen your life, you're not going to be strengthened through sowing the wrong seeds. Because the wrong seeds are only going to produce the wrong harvest. If you're going to lengthen, if you're going to enlarge, you're going to stretch, you're going to strengthen. It's only according to the capacity to which you sow. Come on, what seeds are you sowing? Really, I mean, ask yourself this, what are you sowing? You see, the problem is, we think we're sowing something different to what we really are. Well, I think I'm so. you either know it or you don't. And it's time you start knowing. When, when my kids are like three, four years of age, and you ask them a question and they say, I don't know, you can kind of buy that. But come on, if you're in your 30s and 40s and someone's asking you a question, come on, really the answer should never be any more, I don't know. Because really when you say, I don't know, it's because you don't really care to divulge the answer that you don't want to give. Come on, because if you really knew, you would go, oh, oh me, 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 me. Pick, me, pick me. Remember at school when you knew the answer? Ooh, 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 pick me. But when you didn't know the answer, you're like looking every which way, going, man, I hope he doesn't ask me. I hope he and then you're looking everywhere else and they go, "Pimlot," And you go, what? And you, what's the thought? Man, why do they always ask me the question I don't know? Why is that? You knew everyone else's answer, but you didn't know yours. But isn't it amazing when we're adults tonight, we can sit here and say, you know what? I don't really know. You've got to have an answer to this. It's not what you think you're sowing. And listen to this. It's not even what you plan to sow. Well, one day I'm going to do. Listen, one day may never come. Today is the day of salvation. Today is your opportunity to invest, to sow, to build. Well, one day when God blesses me, then I'm going to do this. Listen, listen, listen. You're not setting yourself up for blessing because you're not sowing into blessing. You're sowing into the flesh and you're going to reap of the flesh. And you're never going to be in that position. Come on, what seeds are you really sowing in your life? I think if you could really be honest with this, you would not be able to question anymore where you're at in life. Because I think you would understand. If you could really see and come to the realization of what you are sowing in life, you would also have to come to the realization of the reaping and the harvest that you are seeing in your life around you. Because you're going to get back what you put in. It's how it works. It's how it works. And remember this, God is not marked. You can't fool God. You can't hide anything from God. You can't deceive God. He's a righteous judge. He has to judge things straight down the line. He can't let things slide. He can't overlook things. He is a righteous judge. Listen, meaning he can't ignore your wrong and produce right. God can't say, well, I know they meant this. God doesn't do that. God doesn't go by what you mean to do. God acts according to what you do do. Come on, you've got to hear this. Well, everyone, who does anyone plan to be a bad person? I don't think so. If you sat down with everyone, if you sat down with someone who murdered, most of the people who would commit a crime, they would turn around and tell you, well, I never planned to do it. There are some sick people that premeditate it and they do plan it. But really it's because of hurt and pain and rejection and all these things that it's not in them really to do that. But yet you would always say, well, I didn't mean to do that. God's not judging you on what you meant to do. God judges you on what you do. do. You've got to see that. God's not deceived. He cannot ignore the wrong. So you've got to remember this. If I'm going to enlarge, stretch, lengthen and strengthen... I've got to realize there's a process of sowing and reaping. My marriage is not what it needs to be. What am I sowing into it? My children are not what they need to be. What am I speaking into their lives? If my finances are not where they need to be, then what am I doing? Maybe I need to do some plastic surgery and cut up those credit cards because I'm sowing into the flesh and I'm going to reap the rewards and we don't like those rewards. I want to help you. Can I help you right now? Are you ready? When it comes to your emails, when it comes to your Facebook, when it comes to your conversations, and it comes to your actions, I want you to see this today. They're all seeds. All those things are seeds. So when you go and write an email to someone, before you send it, I want you to ask yourself, what seed am I releasing right now? When you go on Facebook, because it's easy, you know, I've heard kids and, and people have said this. Well, I, I didn't really curse, I just typed it. Whether you type it or say it, you're still cursing. Come on, it's gone quiet in here. Before you, before you post something on Facebook, ask yourself, what seed am I sowing to? Come on, what am I sowing to? Well, it's just I've had a bad day and I just want everyone to know. You know what you're going to reap? Not what you want. Because if you're sowing that, you're going to reap the wrong thing back. Come on, I'm trying to help you right now. In your conversations, before you say something to someone, ask yourself this, what seeds am I sowing? Stop yourself. Think yourself. The Bible speaks about our words being seasoned with grace. Think about that. Come on, before your actions, before you do things, think, what seed am I sowing with this action of my life? Because I'm telling you right now, the process of sowing and reaping is going to happen in your life. If you want to say, there's got to be more, God, there is. But you've got to sow the right seeds in order to reap the right harvest. Point number two. Here's a second key, you ready? Ready? You've got to be bigger than your situations. You've got to be bigger than your situations. It's not easy to find yourself many times. It's so easy many times to find yourself overcome by your circumstances and situations, isn't it? Just bogged down, just overwhelmed, just like, wow, I can't make it. There's no way I can. You've got to start to be bigger than your situations. Look what it says in Isaiah 59 verse 19. It says, so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and His glory from the rising of the sun from the east. From the west to the east they would fear God. And notice what it says. I love this last part. It says this, when the enemy comes in like a flood, and man does he flood in, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. You know what the Bible is telling us? No matter what Satan throws at you, God is greater than Come on, God is more able than. God can do more than what the enemy. So every circumstance and every situation that comes to knock you down, to flood you, to wipe you off your feet, you've got to realize there's a standard of God's truth and God's word that you can build your life in. Come on, that you can refuse to be knocked down and swept away, but instead you can step up on top of your circumstances and you can be bigger than them. Come on, instead of them knocking you down, you can use them as a stepping stone to promote your life and to bless your life. Come on, I know you've all heard this before, but instead of constantly telling God how big your problems are, remind your problems how big your God is. Come on. We get good, don't we? Oh God, you, you don't know all this and that why don't we start reminding our problems how big our God really is? And here's the problem that we have when we face situations. We don't embrace the whole picture. We get caught in a frame. Let me explain that. In a movie or on TV, there are 30 frames per second. There's probably more now with high definition. But in the old... Format. There were 30 frames per second. You know what that meant? There were 30 images for every second of movie or film. So what happens is we get stuck in a frame, an image that is what? It's only part of a picture. Come on, catch this. We get caught in that moment and we get freeze-framed. We get paralyzed. The enemy tells us, look, there is no hope. But you've got to remind yourself that is a frame of the picture. That is not the whole picture. That is just a part. It's so easy to get stuck right now in our frame without realizing, come on, that's not the whole truth. And in order to be bigger, you've got to be better. And in order to be better, you cannot be bitter. Come on, if you're going to be bigger, you've got to be better. And in order to be better, you cannot allow bitterness to come into your heart because it will destroy your life. One day Jesus said this to his disciples. Jesus said to his disciples, let's go to the other side. Anyone remember that story? Jesus said, let's go to the other side. But listen to this. They almost got lost in the middle. They almost got lost in the middle. How many times can we almost get lost in our circumstances? Where the standard, remember the standard? What is the standard? The word of God. What was the word that Jesus spoke? Let's go to the other side. They forgot what Jesus has spoke. And in the middle of the storm, they forgot his word. And get what, guess what else? They not only forgot his word, they were not impressed with the fact that Jesus was sleeping on the watch. So in the middle of the storm, they not only forgot his words, he's asleep. So here's what they thought. Are you ready? Don't you care? That's what they said to him. Don't you care? Master, don't you care that we perish? You see, in one frame, in one moment, it can appear like that. It can appear like God doesn't care. It can appear like there's no hope. It can appear like you're going down and you're never going to make it. But you've got to remind yourself today, this is not the whole picture. Come on, this is not the end. This is just a moment. And I'm going to be bigger than my circumstance. And I'm not going to be in the shadow of my circumstance. My my circumstances are going to be in my shadow. Because I'm going to raise up that standard of God's truth and God's word in my life. And I'm going to stand on that. And I'm going to believe in that. Remember Job in the Bible? We all know Job. In fact, many times we associate ourselves with Job. You know, He's the one that lost everything in a day. He lost everything except his wife and his friends. And he wished he'd lost his friends because they weren't really good friends to him, as you read. But we associate ourselves with Job. And here's how we put ourselves in the Job mold. If you only knew what I was going through right now. Come on, we feel sorry for ourselves a lot of times. Come on, do you have a witness in the house? feel sorry for ourselves. It's all right for them if they only knew. I can't believe Pastor didn't talk to me. If he only knew what I'm going through right now. The reality is this. We don't need to know. But you need to know something. You need to know something in your circumstance, in your situation, where you're at right now. And that is this that you can only do that with God. That's what you need to know. You need to know right now that God is the only one that can help you through that thing. So if you are going to everyone else apart from Him, you're never going to be bigger than the circumstances. The circumstances are going to be bigger than you. The only way you can be bigger than the circumstances is in Christ in you becomes the hope of glory in your life. You've got to be bigger So let's go back to Job. Let's think about it. Yes, what happened to Job was awful. But you've got to realize this. Scholars say that when you read the book of Job, it was maybe a period of six weeks up to about three years that the suffering lasted. And you've got to remind yourself, what about the other 120 years that Job lived after that when God gave him double of everything he lost? You see, we focus on the suffering so much, but we forget the blessing that God wants to give into our lives. Oh, there may be suffering and there may be times, but that's just a frame. That's not the whole picture. Come on. God has not left us right there. you got to keep trusting him. Don't build your life on the moment. Build your life upon the rock, Christ Jesus. That standard that is raised up. Be bigger. Don't just see the now, but turn it around. You know what happens when you turn around now? N-O-W. Hmm. W-O-N. Wow. Pretty cool. Don't just see the now, see the one W-O-N. See the fact that you are a winner in Christ Jesus and that He's already won it for you. Come on right now. You've got to just trust Him. Man, I thought that was better than you're giving me right there. Come on, you won. You are a winner in Christ. Turn around the now to be the one, to be what God wants you to be. Key number three, you ready? It has to be internal before it's external. It has to be internal before it can be. has to begin in you, so then it can flow out of you. Too many people today are saved, they think, by church attendance. For too many people, the, the whole Christianity life is just all on the external. What they're doing, lifting their hands, praising all the manifestations, all the signs, all these kind of things. Their whole relationship with Christ is built on that. I want to tell you something right now. You're not saved through church attendance. You are saved through relationship. Through giving your life to Christ. And I'm going to say something really strong right now. And you may not like me for it, but that's okay. Because I've got to be obedient to God. If you are not in relationship, you're not saved. Well, my relationships kind of... If you are not in relationship with God, you are not in a saved place. Because relationship... Is that closeness, that intimacy, that walk with God? And you know, Christianity is not about doing, it's about being. Come on, it's about being. You do from be, not be from do. I want you to think about that. Let me go really slow. Are you ready? You do from be, not be from do. James 2.27 can help us with that. It says, thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. You do from B. What do I mean by that? From faith by doing, not or f- f- by faith by being, guess what happens? Works come as a result of your life. So faith should what? Result in works. Your relationship should play out in a life of obedience to God. But works do not produce faith. Come on, the doing doesn't make the being right. It's the being right that makes the doing right. It's the faith, the relationship with God that produces the fruit of your life. Say with me, heart first. It has to be your heart first. A heart surrendered fully to God. Come on, it's not about the show, but it's about the flow. It's about that which comes out of you, from that which is inside of you. Because what's alive inside of you is going to come out. Come on, here's an example for you. When it comes to praise and worship, no one should ever have to be forced to praise and worship God. But when it gets down inside of you first, into your heart, come on, when you get the gratitude of what God has done for you, when you get the thankfulness of what He has saved you from and what He has brought you to, When you get that gratitude and you get that thankfulness inside of you, come on, we shouldn't be able to hold you back when the praise and worship begins in this church. Why? Because it has to be in you. But when it's in you, come on, it's going to come out of you. Come on, it cannot come from the outside to the inside. It's got to come from the inside out. Come on, inside out. You've got to understand this. And last but not least, I've got four minutes. Are you ready? Number four, you've got to eliminate Futility. You've got to eliminate futility in your life. In John chapter 15, he talks about the true vine. Jesus being the vine where the branches is connected. Talks about abiding in him. That when we abide in him, it produces life. But he also talks about something else. Look what it says in John 15 verse 2. It says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes it away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it that it may bear more fruit. And it goes on to say in verse 6, paraphrased, it says this, that those who are taken away, come on, they are cast into a fire and they are burnt. You know what this passage is really showing in our lives? is not that is this, we've got to cut out the dead wood of our lives. We've got to cut out the futile things of our life, the things that are not benefiting our life. That word futility or futile means this, uselessness, ineffectiveness, unimportance. You've got to cut out everything that is useless in your life, ineffective in your life and unimportant in your life. Come on, maybe it's futile relationships that you need to deal with right now. They're not taking you where you need to. Come on, you've got to eliminate futility because if you want to go somewhere and you want to be everything that God wants you to be, you cannot have an anchor that's holding you down. Come on, you've got to watch the conversations. You've got to watch the connections. You've got to watch the people you're around. You've got to watch the involvements because iron sharpeneth iron, but what lead will take you to the bottom? I've used this illustration, this young girl I taught at school. She came into my office crying one day and she said, Pastor Philip, they're accusing me of doing drugs. And I said, sweetheart, why would they do that? I mean, she would be the last person that I would have ever thought that was doing that. She goes, I don't know. I said, well, talk to me. What are you doing? And her head hung. I said, well, tell me, who are you hanging around with? Well, hanging around with some people who are doing drugs. Well, where are you going? I'm going to the places where they're doing drugs. And as she began to divulge and began to say, I said, sweetheart, no wonder they're saying you're doing that. Why? Because you're in the company of those things, so therefore they're going to assume because you're going to become like the people you hang around. Come on, you've got to watch. Many people may say, Well, I'm hanging around them to win them to Christ. Well, thank God that you're trying to win into Christ, but you don't have to go into the world and become the world to win them to Christ. Come on, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. God's called us to go and touch those people, but he didn't call us to become those people or to become like them. We bring them up. When Jesus went into their world, he didn't do the things of their world. He went into their world as light into darkness and he brought them out and set them free. We're called to be a type of Christ. To go into the world to bring them out to liberate them. Come on, you've got to eliminate futile talk. Have you heard yourself talk lately? Have you heard the futility, the useful, the uselessness, the ineffectiveness, the unimportance that comes out of your mouth? What you say about your husband, your wife, your kids, your work, your pastor, your church, those around you? What do you say? Come on, you've got to eliminate gossip futility from your mouth. You've got to eliminate futile thoughts. You can't control, I know, the thoughts that come in, but you can control the thoughts that stay. You can control the ones that take root, and you certainly can control the ones that you act upon in your life. Come on, the list continues of the futile things in our lives. But I'm telling you right now, those things will not cause you to Enlarge, stretch, lengthen, and strengthen. Come on, they will not cause you to enlarge, stretch, lengthen, and strengthen. So what's the keys to enlargement? What's the keys to my life being stretched in a good way? Because a rubber band only fulfills its potential when it's stretched. God stretches us for us to fulfill our potential. What's the keys for me to be lengthened and strengthened? To realize this. Are you ready? That there's a process of sowing and reaping. That I've got to be bigger than my circumstances because of the standard of God that wants to live inside of me. That it has to be first in me, internal before external. And that I've got to what? Eliminate futility. Come on, I've got to cut out the rot, the dead wood. The things that are holding me down. Would you stand to your feet with us tonight? I pray you receive that tonight. Because God has so much more. You may question, is there more? God would say, yes, there is. Not with a question mark, but with an exclamation mark. Because God's not questioning that. He's making a statement of that. God has more for your life. But you've got to realize it's contingent upon you. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to be? Oh, I can do all things through Christ's strength. Yeah, I can, but I can choose not to do all things. Or choose just to do some things. Don't limit God with the response of your life. But yet what? Give God all of your life. And then it's limitless what He can do with you. Because what God has for you is bigger than you. But it requires you.
1: We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. But we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At HeartSeas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.